Ladies and gentlemen, please get ready for what will probably be the time of your life. Will you please put your hands together and welcome to the stage your MC for the night, Lizzie Allen! I'm Lizzie Allen, I'm the founder of Hilarapy and I'm your coach. I'm a registered therapeutic counsellor, a comedy writer, performer and teacher. And I've been using comedy and therapy to work through my own issues for years and now I want to help you to do the same. Writing comedy, working on personal growth and supporting one another are the pillars of Hilarapy. We all have an audience, big or small, it doesn't matter. When we communicate our unique stories through comedy, we release our limiting beliefs and we help other people and we start much needed conversations. Yo, I'm out of Liz. Hey, money. K. Diddy on the mic, yo. I'm mad Liz, I wanna see a UFO But I won't be abducted, you know I've got boundaries I was very, very young when I started doing drugs But I put that shit down and I found me It's a very hard task to live in a mask That's created to protect you from something from your past It's a blast how I found freedom Now I'm reeling with the feeling I'm feeling hit the ceiling Now I've dropped it, the shit popped it, the grit clean Now I fit, I'm open, heart open Can you feel this is bliss? Manifest this moment if the shoe fits Yo, it fits. She found the shoe that fits. Shoe that fits. Shoe that fits. Not that shoe. What we're doing here is we are trying to take some of our experiences, look at them, try to understand a little bit and have compassion for ourselves there, that that was a real experience and it was difficult. And maybe there's something funny there that we can mine from that and share with with people. So what we're really aiming here to do is share a bit about ourselves with the world through comedy. He was your usual shrink, tall, dark suit, glass eye. Um, the first time I, I broke one of my mother's rules, um, she was right, I got pregnant. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being here on the Sober is Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan, and I'm very excited to bring another installment of the Sober is Dope podcast to everyone out there. Again, I want to thank everyone in the Sober is Dope community for extending so much love, being supportive, helping us grow and refine ourselves as a podcast and a company and a movement for growth. And today I'm excited to cap off our week with some real positive energy. And you guys know the Sober Dope Podcast and Pop You Can is all about positive energy. And I'm really excited to bring the guest Lizzie Allen to you guys today. And as you can see, we're rolling all of the clips that you heard, the music, Lizzie, her stage presence, her energy, and her company, Hilarapy, is one of the most groundbreaking companies out to date. 
mixing therapy with humor in a healing process of recovery and uncovering trauma and helping people to express themselves and find their voice again and to identify their emotions and get in touch with themselves and use that as a form of self-discovery is one of the most amazing initiatives I have seen in the recovery space in a long time. So I'm thrilled. I am very thrilled. I would like to thank our friend Becca, which is Lizzie Allen's sister, for introducing me to Lizzie. And it's a friendship that's going to last at the test of time. Lizzie is truly a phenomenal human being, and I'm excited to bring her here today. I just want to say a few things. In the next up and coming week, I'm going to be posting stuff on Sober is Dope. We have a recovery day festival that's September 5th. Um, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. And I think if you want Eastern Standard Time is 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And this is going to be really cool. Our guest, Lizzie Allen, is going to be interviewing Macklemore and a few other popular guests. And it's going to be a beautiful showcase and festival surrounding recovery for recovery day so i'm so excited i'll be posting the stuff on sober's dope podcast and i'm just thrilled that we're getting so close to critical mass and getting our messages out to the world so i want you guys to enjoy my conversation with the amazing lizzie allen the founder of hilarity Lizzie is a coach, registered therapist, counselor, comedy, comedian, writer, rapper, extraordinaire. She does it all and she never disappoints. And our conversation truly left me feeling special. And I want you guys to feel that. Enjoy. And please don't forget to leave us reviews and send us your feedback on Instagram and Facebook. I love you all and I'll catch you on the other side. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sober is Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan, and I am really excited to be here today with a very, very special guest. Today on the show, we have Lizzie Allen, who is the founder of Hilarity. And Lizzie Allen is a coach, registered therapeutic counselor, comedy writer, teacher, speaker, author, leader, performer, and she has a degree in comedy writing. She's very awesome, and she has a beautiful, beautiful company where she helps people heal on their journey. How are you doing today, Lizzie? I'm really well. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for having me. I tell you, without comedy and uh, and just and, and that escape into just humor. I don't know where I would be, you know, like and when I remember being in rehab and I would watch Martin Lawrence and I would just watch the Martin show or whatever was on. And, you know, we would make up or have jokes and stuff. And that helped us heal. It actually broke the ice with some of the guys and stuff like that. So I think what you're doing is really marvelous and I love it. And I, I got a lot of healing just from watching your content online. So for everyone in the Sober's Dope community who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about your journey, your origin story, your recovery story, and how you got to this point? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, hello, everyone. Um, <laughs> my name's Lizzie. Um, I'm just over 10 years clean and sober. Yay. And uh, I, I, I was, you know, I kind of went down the track of 
using drugs and alcohol from quite a young age um, and got lost pretty quickly down that path. Um, there's a lot of addiction and mental health issues in my family. So I come from a broken home. My dad uh, fell into this disease of addiction and gambling and all of that malarkey. So yes, yeah, so we uh, so we kind of yeah we grew up grew up around people who were drinking and using drugs and who had some you know some traumatic childhoods. You know, I don't think anyone really escapes from experiencing trauma to some degree or other in their childhood, but. That's the way it goes, right? Shapes us, right. gives us character. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yes. Yeah. So uh, my dad was in recovery and I, well, okay, it's a big story, so I'm not going to go into it, oh, but I've too. had crazy consequences quite early on. I okay. ended up in a psychiatric ward at the age of 19. I thought I was Jesus reincarnated. I thought I was going to be a famous rapper. Mm. Maybe I will become a famous rapper. Right. We don't know yet, do we? Sometimes, <laughs> see what unfolds. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, at that point, I still wasn't ready to quit drugs and um, took another 10 years, but I knew that I had to stop. I just couldn't, you know, the old rat race of kind of trying to control it, geographicals, everything like that. And then you life seems to be all right for a bit and then it spirals out of control again and off in the madness. I don't know if that's your experience. No, you know what? You are like the first person I spoke to that hits it on the nail for me. I'm still a rapper. I still, well, I would like, I call myself a lyricist, but from a child, I've been doing hip hop and stuff. And, but when I was younger, that was part of the identity and that was part of the addiction. It went hand in hand, that rap life, right? Being out there, popping bottles, being in the clubs, being an entertainer, the center of attention. That's the vibe that we had to give off. But the problem is with someone like you and myself, we were addicted. We had the allergy of our addiction. So it would spiral out of control naturally opposed to some of our other people that we work with. Like my partner didn't have an alcohol um, addiction. So he was fine, but I was the one who had the bottles and I'll go crazy. In addition to that, I didn't necessarily think I was Jesus incarnate, but I was extremely spiritual and I definitely had that vibe where I was like a almost living that prophetic life. I was out there talking to people, breaking stuff down, talking about everything from the Adonaki to the Nephilim and all of this crazy stuff. And sometimes people would think it was some delusion there, but I think it was passion fused with the addiction, which may have become problematic. Can you relate to that? Were, were, you, was, were you crazy, for lack of a better word, or just passionate fused with an addiction? Well, you know, it's interesting that you brought in that spiritual element because I, a big part of my uh, desire to use drugs was to get connection, get connection with other people, mm. feel all right in connection with other people. But also I felt like I was getting a connection with a higher power. And I've always had a really strong connection to my higher power. I've always felt guided and moved. I've always kind of gone, okay, I think I need to go over here now. And then I go. And and then it unfolds and, you know, and I land on my feet, even in addiction, even though it was a lot of me pushing my own will. So I really relate to what you were saying about kind of all that sort of, in I would talk people's heads off. And that was really part of why I kind of had to stop because the stuff that I was kind of coming to know 
in my spiritual, I don't know, evaluation of life or whatever, I was coming to realize that I don't need alcohol or drugs to feel this amazing connection to spirit, this amazing, amazing connection to my creative life, which brings me like forward into comedy, performing, writing, music, all of that stuff. When I do that stuff, I just become like at one, you know, I get my joy, time disappears. And the more I get to know myself through recovery, through therapeutic processes, through talking to other people and getting to know myself in relationship to others, um, the more vulnerable my art becomes and the more vulnerable my art becomes the more connective it is does that do you get that it it makes absolute sense so i'm i'm right there with you and this is why because when i i'm a better artist now in my sobriety than i ever was in my addiction you have people that's on the fence about that but they love the volatile explosive nature of my addicted art right when i you rap like that but now I'm actually able to complete things and I'm connected. The music is more me, it's more authentic, it's less embellishment. You know, I don't have 300 helicopters, two boats and a hundred models, right? <laughs> it's more or less me rapping about me and my honest self. And I'm more vulnerable that way because mm-hmm. I have to bear, I have to use the good, the bad and ugly within me to convey my art form. And I can't hide behind a mask of addiction and making things up. I have to be 100% accountable for my art. And that's where the vulnerability come in. Even my, my, my first album that I actually completed after 30 years of rapping, due to my sobriety, I'm actually able to complete this body of work. It talks about the death of my father, which was the foundation of my addiction. It talks about my trauma and it talks about my recovery and the good and the bad. And that's vulnerable because now I'm rapping about stuff that hits real home, like breakups, trauma, apologizing. Um, And so that's, I could understand that. And that's a beautiful thing. So you're setting a great example for people in recovery like myself. It's okay to be vulnerable, which brings me to, I want to jump for a minute, then we're going to come back here. But I want to jump to an aspect of your therapy that I, it almost brought tears to me, right? So you was, uh, I was watching you online. You was in a room surrounded by people. And everyone repeated, um, will you help me remember that it's okay to be vulnerable, right? And then you guys responded, um, do you accept that it's okay to be vulnerable? And then the the man said, I accept. So I love that. Can you talk to us about vulnerability and that part of your therapy and your story? Mm -hmm. So uh, I learned... Uh, that vulnerability is power, that actually I get a better assessment of the situation if I show up vulnerably and I check things out with other people. And that particular exercise that you're referring to is called the help me exercise. And it comes up when people aren't fully trusting themselves and that they need to ask for help. And then when we get everyone in a, in a circle, it's unbelievably powerful. When you look somebody in the eye and you say, can you help me to remember a truth about me? And then you, it's true for you too, right? So when you do that exercise, tears come to our eyes, right? It's that kind of power. The whole room drops and we connect as a group, which really empowers us when we're moving towards something as scary as getting up on stage, 
and doing comedy for the first time, which is, you know, you're taking it out of context of my therapeutic comedy course, just for those out there who don't know what we're talking about. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so com um, I, I learned, personally, I learned to shut my feelings down when I was growing up because, um, because of the difficulty that I was growing up in. I, I just didn't realize it was, I thought it was unsafe for me to have feelings. It wasn't true, but that's what I made myself believe. And so I shut down and so I didn't really learn. I thought I should only show up the good parts of me, the parts that were charming, entertaining, you know, make you laugh. If I couldn't show up like that, then I might as well just leave. And I couldn't maintain that in relationships. So I'd always leave them. I'd always go, and I'm talking about friendships, everything. Um, I would just leave communities and go off and live in another part of the world just because I was so afraid of you seeing who I thought I was underneath it all. Yes. But in recovery, I learned that I could actually show up. And if you didn't like me for who I told you I was, then I would have to make a decision based on that rather than saying, well, I'm going to protect myself against you finding out. I'll just say, hey, by the way, um, this is me. And if you went, oh, great then we could just relax together and, and be friends. But if you said, oh, I, I can't accept that, then I, I pretty much don't want, want to be around that person anyway. So that's what, I don't know if that had made any sense, but for me, Every, that's what, what vulnerability means no, for me. No. Everything you say, it makes perfect sense. And, you know, I, 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 I have a little bit of, I, I could relate to that. It's a little resentment there that I'm learning to release in the past because I felt like, yeah, I was, they call me pop. I have the energy on pop. You can, and you know, and I had, that was my, that was my thing. That was my theme and my vibe, but I just always felt like it was extremely exhausting maintaining that all the time. And I could relate. I know how you feel. It's like, well, if I show, and then you're young, I, I, I'm young. And it's like, if we don't show, if we show up as ourselves, we're still learning what that looks like because we're so accustomed to being this other thing that it's just better just to leave, right? Um, mm -hmm. Or in for some, in some people's cases, they just show out really more. That's when the real, the bad side of my addiction would show up. When I really got to a point of exhaustion from entertaining, I became belligerent, angry, and just I would mess the party up opposed to bring joy to it because I was just like, I'm, I'm tired of this, you know? So sometimes you would do a self-sabotage with a relationship because you're tired of holding up this facade. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but the day I found my recovery, that was like a weight lifted off of me because now I went from the guy swinging from the chandeliers to the quiet guy in the party that's like, well, I'll take a salsa and which, what type of food you have and who's playing the football game, right? <laughs> and the crazy thing is, for anyone that knows me, I hate sports. I, 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 and I'm never the quiet guy in the corner. And I never would eat. I would always drink. So people would see me, they're like, yo, you changed so much. And I'm like, no, I didn't necessarily change. I healed. I healed right so that's a beautiful thing so i'm definitely out there for anyone out there that's struggling with your addiction listen you could just l l let the weight go right just let it go it's okay to just be you and let the people around you figure that out it's not your job for the, for the to figure it out it's their job to figure it out and accept you for who you are and you don't have to run in that way so thank you for that all right so i want to talk about um the UK, you said you was in the UK, then you moved to Canada, right? So mm -hmm. what happened? What part of the journey was that? Was that part of the fleeing and or setting a new stage? Or 
tell us about the, cause I love the UK. We have friends, we're friends of the UK and you know, so tell us about that journey. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was, um, I'd finished my comedy writing and performance degree at university. I'd been working for a year, um, in the North of England for a charity. And I was, I was running, um, therapeutic comedy programs for this uh, organization plus doing loads of different other stuff we were based in a prison i was creating networks of support outside of um treatment and things like that so we were kind of creating these networks and connecting people and then catching people as they come out of prison and kind of you know we were training people coaches that they would go in they were people in recovery who'd been in prison they would go in make friends with somebody who was due to be released in six months, then meet them at the gate oh. and then get them, you know, around good people straight away yeah. without always having to rely on professionals and key workers. So it was basically just getting underneath the already existing recovery networks. Anyway, I was working for them, but it's the North of England and it's just not big enough for me. And <laughs> I was just like, I will do a year here. Okay. I will do one year because I'm from the South as well. It's like a totally different world. Um, but even the South too small, it's just too <laughs> small in England. I love yeah. it. Don't get me wrong. But, um, yeah, so I was like, I'll do one year here and then I think I need to go. And then Canada dropped into my consciousness, just dropped in. And I, and I went to work and I said, oh, I'm going to go to Canada. And as soon as I stepped off the plane, I just felt like I had to live here. And I didn't no. know how I didn't know. And I've been, I've been to a lot of different countries in the world. I've never felt like that. There was something very um, peaceful and calm about BC, uh, Vancouver. And I just, something just went, you're, you're going to stay here. And, and then I ended up um, meeting my partner, who's now my business partner as well. And also training to become a therapist as well, which was my way of staying in the country. Nice. And, uh, and here I am five years later, literally to the day, like, I don't know, 20th of August. Nice. Five ago, I arrived here and hey. I love it. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. And that's important, right? Starting over, getting that fresh start. I have to, I have yet to visit Canada. I'm in New York. I could drive there. I have a lot of family out there and I'm, uh, I think I might make that trip. Um, you give all, you have a big ending. I, I feel LA when I see you, I'm like LA, I see you on the talk shows. I mean, you yeah. have all-star energy and I love that about you. Um, can we talk about laughter and, um, let's talk about laughter as a, in a way of healing. How do you use laughter as healing? And just for background to everyone listening, the hilarity. Can you tell us first about hilarity and how that works and how you and your company and? Yeah, sure. So I'm a comedian. I wrote um, about my own story and put it in stand up. Uh, I did a research project at the university. Can I use comedy as a therapeutic tool to smash the stigma surrounding addiction and mental health? And then I did this big project, did loads of research, created this show, and then uh, a psychiatrist saw it on YouTube and invited me to come and perform it for their mental health awareness day where I was mad 20 years before. Right. Uh, and, and then somebody else saw it and it snowballed and then it just began like that. So I started to perform my story through comedy um, and realized what a powerful effect it had. Also I did it for staff. So I started to like be able to train staff, about what it's like to be a patient in a psychiatric ward and you know create more awareness start more conversations and basically 
talk about stuff that people don't talk about. And then people come up to me and go, oh, I, I've got uh, bipolar and I never tell anyone. And thank you for, you know, just, you know. So then I realized, okay, there's this huge power in being vulnerable and sharing my story, but also there's an even bigger power with putting it in comedy. Because when we put it in comedy, we infuse it with a sense of joy and togetherness. And when we laugh about it, when, when I can talk about something from a place of wellness and people in the audience, that's hugely powerful and even if it's not your exact story you can look at me and go hang on a minute she's all right <laughs> and and I went through that maybe I maybe I am all right you know because self-stigma it, it which is when you turn it in on yourself yes. is the worst the biggest barrier to getting well for mental health issues did, did you know that no, because because people t if you've got first of all say if you've got really difficult feelings like depression anxiety bipolar like those kind of things will ever come under that category then somebody tells you there's something wrong with you you're schizophrenic you're bipolar you've got this not only do you have to deal with that but you've also got to deal with the fact that somebody's saying there's something wrong with you so there's this like oh oh there's something wrong with me and then what do people think about people with mental anyway i'm not going to go down that route no anyway. no it's a good way because well one thing let me say this the podcast is dominantly about sobriety mental health and recovery so that's a beautiful thing because a large amount of our audience deal with mental health and i cover extensive mental health subjects and that stigma is something that we're fighting every day to break you know we had a certain amount of doctors on here i talk about it a lot um how our brains change to neuroplasticity how trauma affects us and i have people that's really still struggling right and no matter what they try, it's hard for them. So I really want you to, like that, it's very good that you're talking about that, breaking that self-stigma, because if you, could la if you could find a humor in your own situation, that's, that's a point of healing. I remember specifically for me, and this was deep, I remember when I was so intense in my recovery, the first couple of months, I'm like this. I was serious. I was rigid. I wasn't, it was hard for me to really unwind. And then one of my friends said, you know, wouldn't it be funny if one day we'll just look back and laugh at all of this and all of the stuff we used to do. And for me, it was all of this carnage. And, and then now we sit down and we'd be laughing and rolling on the floor about all of the bizarre things we used to do and all of the different crazy. I mean, I have stories for days, so I get it. But that was therapeutic. I wasn't always able to go there. So I'm glad you're talking about that. The mental health aspect is really real. So self-stigma, you could continue self-stigma, the mental health aspect. Yeah. So, uh, so that was my, so what happened was I, a friend of mine in recovery is also a comedian as well. This is back when I was living in Manchester in England. Okay. And uh, another friend started a dry bar on the weekends at the cafe in the Northern quarter. And, uh, my other and she said Lizzie do you want to do a comedy night for us and I said okay so I grabbed my friend and I said let's do a comedy night we'll call it addictive comedy and of course everybody came from recovery right so we just had this audience bringing their friends and it was that it, this vibe was like nothing you've ever seen in a comedy club ever right because in comedy clubs you're in your little groups and you know and it's drink another drink drink another drink and then some comedian gets up but this was like everybody was talking to each other before the show started if they didn't know each other they were introducing each other and then because I worked, we started to do this. And then I started to run comedy courses like paid for by drug and alcohol services. Yes, and then yes. we would get the graduates and put them into this addictive comedy show. And we would get drug and alcohol services to bust people from treatment and all sorts. 
at from like the surrounding like towns and villages outside of um, outside of Manchester, bring them into our comedy night. And it was like the energy of it, mate. The energy was so brilliant. And it just seemed to be like, well, right, we've got a community around comedy. And, and people were supportive. And because they were so supportive, the performers were performing like a hundred times better than you would if you were just on your own. I'm going to take my piece of comedy and try it in some, you know, club in the middle of, you know, whatever. <laughs> nobody gives a shit about yeah. me. Everybody's drinking. You're just a nobody. <laughs> I love it. Are, yeah, here you are, like actually being loved. Yes. You could get up on stage and go, and people would go, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were just enjoying that vibe. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yes, yeah. So, um, so that became a model for my yeah. um, for my uh, business, and I and I thought, okay. Then when I became uh, a therapist, I I realised that we could add really deep, vulnerable therapeutic sessions in with the comedy course and process some of that stuff while it's big and up for us. And, and then after that, pull out the humorous part so that we're not making a joke out of stuff that we haven't actually had a chance to process. Because mm, okay. that's, that's not what I teach people. I don't say, okay, here's your trauma. Let's make it funny. Yes. And it's like, what's coming up for you? And then let's get some connection there. Let's, let's re remind ourselves. Let's switch the focus from love back to love, from fear yeah. to love. Fear to love. That's the miracle, isn't it? That yes. is the miracle. Absolutely. A shift in perception Correct. from fear to love. Absolutely. I'm getting shivers. You getting those Hey, shit. me too. Me too. <laughs> there we go. Let's do it. And you know why? Because our friend, and he's from um, London, Dr. Rob Kelly, he talks about when you have a psychic and spiritual change, you can have a DNA change, and that's where that real healing comes through. So you shift from fear to love, and that's just totally transformative. Uh, Look at that. Look hey, at that. hey, you didn't lose your spiritual power because you got sober. It just got stronger, right? There we go. Yeah, I've just had time for a relationship with God. That's right. Uh, and when I say God, I always just want to say this, that I'm not talking about God in a religious way. I'm talking about God as source of love, source of everything, infinite intelligence, all that is, all that was, all that ever will be. And I am uh, one and part of that. That's right. So like yeah, that's right. And my, my brother expands on that. He always tells me in Lakesh, which means I'm another you. So being that, I believe that we're all part of the all and God is the all encompassing the source. So we are one and the same and one together, look, mirroring each other. So isn't that beautiful? Yes, God is good. And, and I tell, and I'm glad we to make that distinction because when you're dealing with recovery, you want to have the most say the safest description and idea of God, not because people get scared and sometimes dogma could chase people away. And there's so many denominations. I figure God, the concept of God should always be inclusive, but I'll tell you this much without God, my butt would be in trouble. Cause I was like you, I was so passionate and I knew God and I love God. And I was out there. You would think I was a prophet. I'd be on 42nd street in New York preaching and talking and crowds of people. I was, they'd be 
like, look at this kid go. I could walk on a train and have the whole train just quiet and just start going. And then when I got sober, I was like, where did all of that go? Where did all of that go? And God said, it's in you, it's refined in you. So now we're just bringing it up to the fore. So I'm so, I'm so excited. You have um, something called the Power Series in your, um, in your therapy. Can you talk to us about the Power, the power Series? It's help people go deep it's, uh, you, in the Power Series. I love the topic. I love it. It was empowerment. Yeah, those are our webinar topics. So it's just, we teach a free lesson. I teach a free lesson every month if anyone wants to jump on. The next one is uh, using the power of therapeutic comedy to change your world, not the world, your world. Ah, your Which world. Of course does have the knock-on effect of, you know, having bigger influence on the world. Yes, that's right, um, that's right. Yeah, I've got a couple of things I want to um Go ahead, to you got you. it. So we, um, we've got this on like what i've done is we we did courses but now we've moved everything into a kind of online membership area which means that it's a community that goes on and on and on so instead of just signing up for 10 weeks you can do a monthly membership and then come to live um zoom therapeutic sessions mm. and comedy workshopping sessions and work with other people and all of that stuff so that's what's happened since covid that's what we've had to do but also, I want to tell you that I'm co-hosting a recovery event, and it's the biggest online recovery event ever in Canada. Yes, and re I Recovery Day Festival, right? That's right. I bet oh you're going to get God. that, won't you? Yeah, but I'm so excited. Macklemore is going to be talking. You're covering yeah. it. And so tell us about that. I'm excited. I couldn't wait to get to that. Oh, sorry. I'm no, so No, no, we good. We family. We kicking it. But um, tell Recovery Day Festival for everyone is September 5th, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Yeah, it'll be a different time in New York, right? Yeah, three yes. Three hours later. Yes. Three hours later. So I better get you the timings for that as well. Well, it's just brilliant. It's going to be for an hour and a half. And we're going to be, we've got Mad Child and Macklemore joining wow. us. And I absolutely love Macklemore. I yes, just think. Me too. Me legend yeah I, I love that thrift shop one and a half billion views he's got on that thrift really shop video. wow yeah. one and a half billion look at that from recovery <laughs> the day he chose himself look at you see how that works you know, know. Just, yeah I, and I remember I was, when I got first got sober, his album dropped. It was around 2011, 2012, I remember. And I was listening to this and I was like, man, this guy's talking about recovery, but he really could rap. And it was so cool just hearing him. I, I, that did a lot for me initially. And I have to give him props because that's going all the way back to like week one and all of that. But mm -hmm. I had his album and I would listen to it. So I'm excited. So you're doing a, um, you're doing a, you're covering the, you're doing some stand-up uh no i'm co-hosting it so oh yeah i'm speaking to him oh so another guy darren who's awesome and we will be in this uh i can't i just can't tell you exactly what the space is but there's three areas it's gonna be a recovery tree okay like a memory tree so you can people can say who they've lost and we'll put them on the recovery tree oh, there's gonna be a recovery wall so you can give us your your clean time and it will all go on the wall and and then we've got Macklemore and a house band as well. So we'll be switching between different stages, um, me and this other guy, and I'm just hosting it. But I'm really pumped that they asked me to do it. I'm and pumped too. That's so exciting. I mean, 
Definitely shout tell tell you know tell Macklemore we we said that you know he's he's influential he did a great job I'm gonna tune in actually I want to be there I want to support you I'm gonna make sure yes, my schedule everybody clear your schedule for s- September 5th and also I'll post it on Instagram and stuff and tag you and all of that also look yes. at that so you're 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 meeting people you're out there you're living your dream you're thriving in your recovery. Are you happy now? We talk about happy sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah you look I'm good. I'm like a child. You I'm look like good. <laughs> because like, you know, when I was young, I used to go into the garden and I could just like, you know, I could just pull things out and just go, ah, this is the magical world we live in. Yes. And then drugs took over and it was just like, everything went gray. Or at least if I didn't have drugs, everything was gray. Yeah. And then now in recovery, I feel like I'm always discovering new experiences of myself emotionally and uh, creatively and out in the world. It's like I've got so many cool friends, like, yes. like 80 year old friends, 76 year old <laughs> friends. Like I love old people, like old people yes. are like, I think that's my um, biggest uh, fan base when it yeah. comes to doing comedy in my local area <laughs> right. i've got loads of gray hair in the audience I think the ladies love me they get it they, <laughs> they they've been through it all they know yeah, i'm good with that i'm good hey, with me that. too me too oh uh, man you know and this is what i'm talking about because look i couldn't have like even back when i look back if i was trying to have a meaningful conversation with with it would have went dark eventually and I love the fact that we can sit here and reminisce and just be bright and feel good. I feel you. And you look great. And that's the thing I tell people. Our recovery gives us back our swag. We look good. It gives us back not just that, our integrity. And it gives us a foundation to grow on. So I'm excited to see where you're going to go. We got to get you on Ellen, Oprah, and all of that stuff. We got to get you <laughs> on the big stage. It's just all in due time, right? So one thing that I did like is for your students. Um, I want to shout out all your students. Students. They gave me, I see them online on YouTube. So one thing that I love is that you give your students a platform to tell their authentic stories and then they get up there and they're good. They're like, they're all like mini comedians doing their little work and they're talking about their life and I can see the joy in them. Um, I have a couple of testimonies I want to read if you don't mind. Can I read some of your testimonies? Yeah, sure. yeah so we have Terry um, Terry W. He said, if I could validate and empathize myself, I would, but I need a community like Hilarapy to help me with the emotions I sometimes struggle with. It's been very helpful. And Tanya was another one that I really liked. Tanya was doing her thing. And she said, what Hilarapy has offered me is a chance and an opportunity to explore my trauma, my mental health challenges, my anxiety, my PTSD, and take a look from a little bit of a different point of view. So there's people out there that you're helping, you're doing your thing, you look good, and these students, you're giving them a platform. I wanted to ask, after they graduate, do they go on and still do stand-up? Like, do they take it to the... (laughs) Well, Tanya's doing really well, actually. What we do is we keep the community together. So once you come through the course, you you can come back and support as as part of the support team. And then when you come back and you support, you continue to, you know, be part of the group therapy, be part of the group work processing of um, comedy workshopping. We always help each other with our jokes. And um, all of my graduates, I just said, you know, you can have 12 months free on my um, 
membership. So they come and they do the sessions and stuff like that. So everyone stays connected if they want. If they want. But some people just come in and they're like, I just want to do this. I don't want to be a comedian, but I want the confidence and I want to know that I did it. Yes. And then they kind of, it kind of opens stuff up for them because these are transferable skills, aren't they? If you can get yes. up and do something like that on stage, you can pretty much like swag around your office and yeah. um, <laughs> be yep. confident in yourself, which yep. is what it's about. Yes, um, yes. And you said something for me, because as an artist, sometimes, uh, you know, you get that stage fright tend to never go away. You know, you have a show or something, you're like, ah, but you get a little bit more confidence, but I love when you said that if the, when you described that everyone was in that supportive environment. So even if you was like, <laughs> they'll go, you're awesome. And then you know when you have to go in private somewhere far away and test your material in front of some strange audience. So I like the fact that you're helping people build confidence and that's a skill. And even for me, I'm still learning how it took a lot for me to get to the point where I could do the podcast, even on video. Like at the first year, I did no video nothing like that i just got to this stage in my recovery where i was like i was comfortable with how i looked you know i realized that if i was going to get to my most chiseled bodybuilder i would have to postpone the video process for three more years so i said look you gotta you gotta have to go on with your little covid weight and you're gonna have to deal with it but that's part of growth i'm finally accepting myself and the fact that i actually grew up right I just turned 40 in September. Um, I'm about to be turned 41 this September. And in my mind, sometimes I have to remember, man, you 41. And I still have this heart of a kid, man, that, that joy. And I wouldn't let the fact that I got sober take away that joy. And, you know, sometimes you feel like people, like my friend, I had a friend that called me the other day and said, your music was way more exciting when you was like, and I was offended. I'm like, excited? Like, what are you trying to say, man? I'm like, I'm still the same guy. He he was like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. So I was like, you know what? Take my new material, call me back, sit with it, tell me what you think. And he called me back and was like, you know what, man? I tell you this much, you're not as exciting, but you way more, you, you, it's well organized and I love it as well. So I'm learning to be me and grow in that way. And I love the fact that there's people out there like you, I'm doing your thing, helping people grow. We're creating change. So, I want to talk about our mutual friend, your sister, who introduced us and she yeah. bought the Sober's Dope shirt for her and dad. I saw your uh, I saw dad in the picture with it and your sister. I just wanted to shout out Becca. Becca, what's up? We here. We did yeah, it. Becca, my, Thank my you. sister. Aww. She's so sweet. She sent me that pic and she bought it. And then she was so patient because it took forever because of COVID for her to get her shirt. It took almost like two months. So she was so sweet. And, um, and so that, that brings me to family. So was, was your recovery the catalyst to help with the family or was it like, cause the same thing in my family, everyone kind of try to work on a sober tip because of me. And I think my sobriety helped them. Is that your case? I think, uh, eventually, but you know, <laughs> actually it was, um, my brother was struggling, um, okay. a few, a few years, well, two, two or three years ago. And my mum went to Al-Anon. Okay. I shouldn't say that, should I? No, you, hey, sober's okay. dope. We can say yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah, so um, she went to that, and then she was like, oh, I realized that maybe I need AA. <laughs> so she okay. went, okay. and then finally my sister got in as well. But I was a front runner. My dad's already in recovery. He's been okay. recovering my whole life. But um, my sister's so functioning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, the, 
for the more functioning amongst us, yes. it can be very hard to stop. But you know, she's she's um she's doing all our social media. She's really helping me out with the business from over in England, and I really appreciate her. And I'm so happy she's in recovery because we've yes. got that we've got that language now. And I know that she's got the people around her that are helping her thrive and she really is thriving. So I'm really glad about that for sure. And actually you've given me a really good idea. I'm going to get your sober as dope t-shirt. I'm going to wear it on recovery day with Macklemore. Oh my God. We're going to work it out. I'm going to hook you up. Yeah, wow. yeah. That's yeah. good. You just made my day. Hey, we, we work together and that's yeah. how it goes. Yeah. So Lizzie, um, I want what so look this is I want to give you the floor first I want to say to you thank you so much talking to you I have so much joy and you give off a really good energy and I think our conversation was therapeutic and it's going to be for many people I'm definitely part of your team I love what you do I want to bring people in I'm going to help support because um you know comedic therapy is a beautiful thing right and healing with humor i love that then letting people know we, we're in new york we're too serious out here I, i'm talking about i walk down the excuse me ma'am you have the time excuse me sir, wait eh, but, but, uh, no, no, no nobody's gonna talk to me today so we're to so i i learned to lighten up my life so i just wanted to thank you for that um and there's one thing i want to say before i give you the floor you did something that it was on, on Instagram that was so beautiful. I want you to break it down for me. You was at a lake and you was screaming, I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid anymore. And it was part of a vision board you was doing with your friends. And that was so beautiful. And I felt it. And I'm going to do that. I have a pawn by me. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to videotape it. I'm going to say I'm not afraid anymore. So, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. Lizzie Allen, tell us about that. That's so inspirational. I've got a couple of friends I make comedy with, Karina and Ellen. And yeah. uh, we're like a little crew. We've been doing it since we're friends in recovery. I met them in, in the recovery around here. And uh, they really helped me get hilarity off the ground here in Vancouver. No, not now. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> hey, that, that's the comedy. That had to have. I love it. No, <laughs> we don't use you. It'll be so <laughs> Oh, man. Sorry about that. No, um, it's so good. I love it. I love it. Yeah, we went out there and we made a vision board. Uh, my, it was my friend's mum's um, place. We went and stayed there and we spent the afternoon making a vision board about addictive comedy. We've, we've rebranded to hilarity, but it was addictive comedy because you know, the start of it. Right. And on that, we've put Oprah, we put Ellen, we put it all right. And we put like making da 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 and it's coming true. It's coming true. That was two yeah. years ago. All of it's coming true. Wow. Let me tell you something. We yes. are, we are, we are making a docu-series Nice. Um, and it's called Hilarity, a Traumedy series. Nice. And we and we've we, we've sold the rights to make that to a producer for to a production company, and wow. we'll be making it at the end of the year. We've Good. got a physical space. Nice. Hilarity Studios, which is under construction, and it's going to be set up with camera positions and tech and everything because we're going to be making content. Because that's, wow, that's, that's where it's at, right? That's where I, it's at. I, I invite you to come yeah. and play with me and, and do some stuff for 
for us over oh, there. Oh, I would, I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. Sure. I would love that yeah. for sure, for real. Maybe for real. we could do some sort of a, a like a collaboration on um, teaching. You could do some rapping teaching or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Put on a course and put on like a, uh, yeah, a show, a show or something. Absolutely, I love and then that. And they could go live as well. That's right. That's right. There we have it. There we have it. So can you, well, one, thank you so much, Lizzie, for coming on. I know you're very busy. You're doing big things. And for anyone who wants to reach you, can you give everybody how they can tell them how they can find you, where they can find you on social media? Of course, I'll put everything in the show notes, but this is you. I'm giving you the floor. Give any advice, say anything that you want to say to the community. We're listening and you have it. Yeah, of course you can get through you can get hold of me or us through uh hilarity on uh, all our social media channels and you can go to hilarity.com and if you want to kind of join in and work with me personally then come to hilarityhub.com where you can uh, just kind of sign up you can try it for a month for free come and do some classes uh learn how to use therapeutic comedy to share your story Yes. And uh, yeah, that's about that's about all I can say. Um, just just follow us on social media. My sister just would love you to follow us on social media because <laughs> she has the the terrible job of trying to, you know, it's like a sort of bouncing a stick on a drum, isn't it? I know, <laughs> I know. It's, it's so uh, but, well, uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. And uh, yeah. well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. You're listening to the Sober's Dope podcast. That's our special guest today, Lizzie Allen, who's changing the world through humor and comedy and her own recovery journey. I love you all. Take care, and I'll catch you on the other side. Let's go, girls.
together for this show. I know, I'm really panicking right now. I know what we're gonna do, a wrap. Yo, I'm mad Liz. Hey, money. K Diddy on the mic, yo. I'm mad Liz, I wanna see a UFO, but I won't be abducted, you know I've got boundaries. I was very, very young when I started doing drugs, but I put that shit down and I found me. It's a very hard task to live in a mask that's created to protect you from something from your past. It's a blast how I found freedom. Now I'm reeling with the feeling I'm feeling. Hit the ceiling. Now I've dropped it, the shit popped it, the grit clean. Now I fit. I'm open, heart open. Can you feel this is bliss? Manifest this moment if the shoe fits. Yo, it fits. She found the shoe that fits. Shoe that fits. Shoe that fits. Not that shoe. Number one, very big hands, I can block out the sun. Castle's the same size as one of my thumbs. Come and get some of me, some of me in a bun. Rat a tat tat, can you handle that? Knocking at the door of your grandma's flat. That's right, I'm friends with your grandma Pat. I'm clean now, so I got time for that. Revolving door, hopeless addiction Every time he scored, he ignored his inner child Believe it or not, he's innocent Even when he acted wild He needed love and acceptance To find a new direction Now he's living his dream as a woman Little John, little John, little John Oh Little John, little John Big John, it's a miracle We create our reality We're powerful, I guarantee You can touch your dreams, dare to dream Imagination is the source of creation and elation and glee And I swear you will see that we can do anything We can dream any dream We can live any life that we want You 
Selfie. 